Good evening, everybody, wherever you are, whatever time of the day it is. Good evening, anyway. This is the podcast. It should go without saying. And if you've come this far, you'd be willing to go a little bit further because it is part two of our NBA season preview. Today, we look at the Western Conference and we're looking at the Western Conference with It Should Go Without Saying's resident NBA expert, host of the Hoops and Heroes podcast, and everyone's favorite, Kobe Stan. Adam Amy, how are you doing, Adam? I'm fantastic. The The ride is about to get a whole lot wilder. Yes, because it's in the, the Western West. Conference. It's the Western Conference. This was hard work getting these 15 teams into some order. If you've listened to our Eastern Conference preview, congratulations. There won't be a medal, but by all means, accept our congratulations. What we did and what we're doing is we're ranking, we're going to go through the team's According to how I, your host Andrew Lewis, will uh, predicts that they're going to finish this season from fifteenth worst to first best. So, and then, and then I'll make my alterations and and give you the real take on where they should be. Indeed, <laughs> we both follow teams in the Western Conference. We both follow teams that wear purple, and that's about where the similarities end. They both play basketball. They do, they do. And, That's yeah. the three things they have in common. Well, they've, they've got, and they've both uh, had an experience with, with one Steve Nash. They did. I mean, to be fair, Steve Nash played for the Suns. Yes. He I believe he was on the Lakers. Lakers roster there for a little while. Played a handful of games. Would have been different. They wouldn't have won, but it would have been different if he hadn't have uh, been injured. Mm. I dark hope Steve... Day. Dark days. I hope Steve Nash is still alive after Tottenham's uh, <laughs> destruction at the hands of Bayern Munich in the Champions League. 7-2 they lost, which is sounds like a volleyball score more than a soccer match. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, on, on to the uh, – look, there's going to be this content galore in the West, so this could take a while. We're going to get this moving. Who you got at number 15? Who's okay, finishing so last in the best conference? I – I really wanted to sort of reverse jinx my team, and you know it's been it's been a tough few years for Phoenix Suns fans. But in the end, I just couldn't quit them in this way. So I've got the Memphis Grizzlies at number fifteen in the Western Conference. They blew it up. They've got Ja Morant. They've got Dylan Brooks, Kyle Anderson, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Jonas. Valasinius, a name I'm sure I've mispronounced. Known as Valentunis. Valentunis. Excellent. I believe that's yeah. how it's pronounced anyway. That or a bunch of people are getting it wrong. Not that there'll be much mention of it throughout the season, I don't think. No, they've got Andre Iguodala, who they're going to buy out or trade at some stage. But this is a team that is in year zero of a rebuild. They had a decent run with Conley and Gasol and... They're sort of back to not even at square one yet. They're at square zero, and yeah, yeah, they, they were they were treading water after their I suppose stints through the playoffs. They got to a point there where they really plummeted, and it was nice of them to to sort of help out Toronto last year with their with the movement. Yeah, getting Gasol across to to win a win a championship, mm. and then yeah, Valanciunas, poor bugger. Oh, well. They got some nice players. They might be a good watch at certain stages, but they just don't have enough elite yeah, 
talent or enough uh, veteran talent to compete on a night-to-night basis. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I, I think there's a lot of young young players there that'll get a lot of minutes. In a nutshell, there's there's not much else to talk about. Iguodala will undoubtedly be moved. I don't know if they'll they'll move him for future picks to try and strengthen their their young core, or they'll try and get a veteran in to sort of lead that young group. But that's kind of the only upside. They're just going to get minutes and minutes into Jar Morant. So yeah. That's the Grizz. It is. You've got the four teams I had at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. Cleveland, they're poorly run. The New York Knicks are incredibly poorly run. The Washington Wizards, incredibly unlucky. The Charlotte Hornets, they're poorly run. I don't think the Grizzlies are any of those things. I just think that they had their crack. They didn't really weren't able to uh, collect enough talent uh, to make a run at a title. And they've gone back uh, to the start of the process, and I feel like they'll they'll run the process pretty well. So I think yeah. I can see them becoming competitive earlier than those other four teams in the Eastern Conference I mentioned. Yeah, most certainly. I, I actually think the, the key word you would associate with Memphis is patience. These guys aren't they, they've accepted they're not going to win now, and and they're really going to to be patient and wait it out. Let those young Young players develop, and they'll make the moves as they deem necessary. They'll, they'll, yeah. they'll patient through their whole process, and and I, and that's what they're doing once again with Andre Iguodala. They're being patient. They're not just waving and buying him out and going, "Oh, we're in rebuild mode." They want something back. They yeah. they want another piece, and they want to figure out what that piece is. Mm. And they've so, got draft picks coming up in the next few years that they've collected through trades. Yep. teams like the Toronto Raptors and the Utah Jazz. So if they can add something else uh, for Iguodala, wait. They, they have a couple of picks. But I, I think there are teams in the West that have got <laughs> some that have got way too many picks, but we'll, we'll get into that soon. We w- It'll be pretty soon. Absolutely. I don't think there's much more to say about Memphis. They're not going to be an interest in terms of looking at the standings this season. They're... Not gonna I'm not going to be watching much on, on NBA TV for certain. It's um, but unfortunate. I vaguely remember saying the same thing about the Sacramento Kings last season, and I was wrong. Yeah, I mean, but Memphis, I don't know. Sacramento's got a bit more upside. I don't know. Memphis weren't a, an NBA league pass team when, when they were winning, uh, in my eyes. They were pretty grindy, not entertaining basketball as far as they were a well-put-together unit. Now they're not up in the in playoff contention, so they're even less watchable, unfortunately. Let's Let, move on. <laughs> let's move on. Let's get it over and done with. Let's rip the band-aid off. Number 14, the Western Conference, I've got your Phoenix well, my Phoenix Suns. Yes. I, I know I post Go Suns a lot, but that's generally <laughs> after they lose to the Lakers. Yes. Brought in Ricky Rubio for his obvious defensive skill. We've got Devin Booker, who decided not to play on Team USA this year, but work on something. They brought in Saric. That was the default excuse, I think. Aaron Baines has the potential to make them defensively tougher. They've still got Dondre Ayton, who will hopefully continue to improve. Uh, We drafted Cam Johnson from North Carolina, who, you know, with 
some sort of careful application and improvement over the course of his career might actually reach the heights of a poor man, Sam Perkins. I'm not optimistic about this Phoenix Suns team, and I'm pretty much in the mood. I'm not going to get sucked in at any stage. I think they're going to be bad. I don't think they're going to win a lot of games, and I think that's going to be clear early. Yeah, look, I actually think they are – I've got them 13th. In my rankings, okay. That's not to say that they're they're they've improved their roster. Just a couple of teams have sort of bottomed out, but they, these guys look. Rubio will be good. It, it allows it allows Booker to really become more of a scoring shooting guard rather than having to play the point really and handle the ball a lot. Well, I could see Rubio having like a twenty three assist game at some stage of the season if yeah. Booker gets hot. Yeah, and and look, it'll be exciting. I think Rubio is a smart point guard that that'll work really well with the young your your young players. Like your, well, he's still, I suppose, young Devin Booker. Um, he's not old by any means, but also uh, Aiton. It'll be interesting to see him work with a really good guard and and also a, a center that has potential. We'll say, and that's been the 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 evil. P word in Phoenix is potential. There's uh, a lot of it, and they haven't really done anything with it. So let's hope they can embrace the, their inner Memphis and be a bit patient with some of these young ones. I think they have no choice but to be patient with who they've got. But in terms of making some sort of uh, growth and development and improvement while the before the die is cast, they've sort of – this is the last year they can really tank. I feel, and if it doesn't work, mm. if they don't get a transformative player in the draft in 2020, then it'll just be too much losing for guys like Booker and Aiton, and that's where they'll be set. It'll be they'll be going down the you know Sharif Abdurrahim road, and they'll just have it locked in as being good stats guys on bad teams. But they just will have gone too long without playing any meaningful games. Mm. They've got a shell there, so look. Uh, they can build pieces around it. I think they've got to be on that that path of we've got to develop through through youth uh, because it's not a big free agent destination team. Giannis isn't going, you know what? I'm going to go to Phoenix and tear it up in a couple of years. I don't know why. Is it the way the organization is run? They have the same state income tax advantages as Florida and Texas. It's never that cold in Arizona. Well, it's, it's not. It's, it's not, not even, that far from LA. Yeah, this is true, but it, it's. It's. I don't think it's a long term thing. Like there have it has been a destination in the past. I think it's a lot of the outside world has seen how badly the, this team has been run, and people are scared to go there because they they don't seem to have any clear direction, and and once they do, take a step back, take a breath. Be patient with some of these these young players. Not just your oh, we've got Booker, let's keep him on. You've got to develop some young players around him. And if they're patient with that, I remember when they had was it three point guards and then they had zero point guards. Well, that was annoying. That was a fun team to watch, and they won forty six, forty seven games. Somehow yep. missed the playoffs. But that was a season where Indiana were the best team in the league for a couple of months. Yep. And I can remember Phoenix going into Indiana 
and just dis- in, into Indianapolis and just destroying them. Yeah, and then but then it felt like for no apparent reason they were blowing up the whole thing. Yeah, they had Dragic, they had Bledsoe, they had Isaiah Thomas, and yeah, I I still don't know what the process, what the plan was. But it's clear they that they went from not- one extreme to the other. It was oh, we've got too many point guards, and then they traded all three. Yeah, like within the space on, of. They're not on the months, same yeah. plan. They're not no. on the same plan now. It's there might be two or three plans down the road, but some sort of. I know the Phoenix Suns fans would like it if we just had some sort of recognition publicly of this is what the plan is. You know, one good thing the Philadelphia 76ers did through all that lack of success was like we're undertaking and we're going to go through a process. So the fans were, to a certain extent, happy to watch them struggle and lose games because there was an objective at the end of the road. Whether they were going to get there remained to be seen. It still sort of does, but they've made the playoffs the last two seasons. They're competitive. But it I gets think that's to that, what yeah. Suns fans want to see. Unfortunately, the the language or the the unfortunate thing is that the the actions that they've taken are screaming. When we know, you'll know. Because they have no idea. Yeah. So unfortunate, but yeah. yeah, I think there'll be some glimpses from Booker. You might get another fifty, sixty point game out of Booker this season, which will be fun to watch. But aside from that, it's sort of it's uh, unfortunately not a not another another unsuccessful season for the for the Suns. I think. I agree, and I'm going to move on to my number thirteen team. This is a team I like. I just have a couple of question marks, and I don't know if they're totally ready. Mm. So my number 13 team in the Western Conference is the Dallas Mavericks. Ooh, a bit lower than than some of uh, the whisperings I've heard about them, but an interesting one at, at unlucky got, number 13. They've got Dellen Wright. They've got Doncic. They've got Justin Jackson, Kristaps Porzingis, and Dwight Powell. They've got... A couple of very famous relatives of very good basketball players on their bench in Seth Curry and Tim Hardaway Jr. And they've still got J.J. Barea. I think second year for Doncic might not be as straightforward the progression as we all think it it will be. There'll be a bit more attention on him this season. There's no uh, Dirk Nowitzki on that team. Not that he was doing a lot, but still he was the leader of the team, so someone has to now lead the team, and we don't know how good or how healthy or how effective Porzingis is going to be straight away. So I like them. I like what they're doing, but I just don't know in the ultra-competitive Western Conferences where they're ready yet. Yeah, look, it it really, and you're right, with Luca, we're probably going to get, he's going to get a lot more attention. That's going to go that that's that's obvious. There's no he he's almost the the more of a star piece than Porzingis. I oh, think he, he's gonna be a better player than Porzingis, but but a lot of the focus currently in the offseason is will Porzingis come back? Will he come back from injury well? And I think the pairing of these two is absolutely terrifying. These two could actually just be the perfect pair as far as a big two go. The problem is they're not; bo- they're both not superstars yet. They have star potential, but they're not superstars. Luca's shown us. Porzingis has done some interesting things whilst he was in New York. 
But these guys together, and look, while Steph might be the the curry in the spotlight, Seth can shoot the basketball. So I think you're pairing Seth and Luca. You've got Berea, who's a vet. Ryan Brokov, Aussie, on the roster. Just thought I'd point that out. Very but good. There's there's a few going around. There's um I mean Boban's there as a big guy that's gonna foul a lot. <laughs> and if there are any movie roles going, you might just, you know. Anyway, uh I need to make else? an eighty two. Eighty two. <laughs> I'm just looking through their 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 list. They've retained a lot of players. Well, they had a lot of players under contract. Tim Hardaway Jr., maybe he takes another step up. Uh, Dwight Powell, I was I was actually quite uh, surprised with last season. I thought he did well. It's uh, it's an interesting team, but I think if Kristaps is healthy and Luca is still switched on, these guys are, are gonna put a run together. I can see them putting a two or three week period together where they win a few games, where they get a nice soft the soft part in their schedule, and they. Mm. I mean, this is the problem with the way the NBA is now with uh, everyone jockeying for draft position is there doesn't seem to be much interest in a team like Dallas finishing the season strongly and yeah. trying to take that momentum into next season. In the normal course of events, I think this Dallas team is going to be better in March than they are in December, but they might be like, well, we don't have much interest in being better in March. We certainly don't have much interest in winning more games in March than we do in December. So, do, do, Is there any reason for them to tank if they are in that – they're looking up at that eighth spot. They go, you know what, we can actually make it. Do they go for it or do they go, you know what, let's not and say we did. Let's tank. Let's go down. Let's drop to that 13th, 14th spot. Let's guarantee a, a nice pick and add another piece next season. You know, if they got a really nice draft pick and were able to add someone who could come in and play straight away and have the potential to be an all-star to play, you know, maybe point guard, uh, maybe another wing, yep. if, if you want to move they're, they're a step, down there. They're potentially a step away from a big three. Yeah, yeah. But I think, it, I think a lot of it de- depends on how effective Paul Zingas is when he starts playing again. Yes, yeah. I agree. Doncic and Paul Zingas has the potential to be a scary big two in the era. The year of the big two. I don't think they have enough talent surrounding them. And I don't, you know, Doncic is still very young. Paul Zingas was very hurt. The jury's out as far as I'm concerned. And that's why I've got them 13, despite the fact I, I really like them. Yeah. Uh- just got a couple there that I'm I'm a little bit more certain that they're going to suck more. I guess. Fair enough. <laughs> number twelve. Oh, number twelve. We're running out of teams that 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 suck. By the way. Number twelve. I've got the Minnesota Timberwolves. Wow. And I've got we, the Timberwolves. Now we are in complete agreement on number twelve. And I've got the Timberwolves here because this is a team which should be doing a lot better. But it just seems like everything that we've heard from these guys is that Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns just don't care enough. I think Cat cares. I really think Carl Anthony Towns does care. I think he's getting frustrated. 
because Wiggins isn't the complementary piece he needs. Signing that Max has really hurt the Timberwolves. Is Wiggins a complementary piece to a to a, for a team that could contend for a title anywhere under any circumstance? Maybe in China. <laughs> Maybe in the NBL. No, no, I get it. Probably Lamelo now. <laughs> Can't take the spotlight story. away from the uh, NBA College Mark II experiment in Australia called the NBL. Amazingly, they had 27 NBA teams which sent scouts to an NBL preseason game Yep, involving the Illawarra Hawks because Lamelo's playing with them. Boy, the NBL have played this perfectly. Now, if only they could abolish Melbourne United and reintroduce the Melbourne Tigers, then I might get interested in it again. Change the uh, the Southeast Melbourne Alt Phoenix to the, the, uh, the North Melbourne Giants. Hey, I don't care who the rival is. The Tigers saw them all off. You know, the East Side Spectres and the West Side Saints and the Southeast Melbourne Magic and the North Melbourne Giants and the Titans and whoever else. Hey, it was the, the Giants the went John through the colour change as well. Oh. But yes, I, look, I, I actually, I really hope uh, LaMelo Ball does get selected in the lottery to really, I suppose, open that pathway and go, you know what, we can play in the NBL to sort of get on scouts' radars. I mean, it's a unique circumstance, but it really, it, it helps Australian basketball. It puts us on the map, just like just going, the World Cup did. It did. Just going back to the team we just spoke about, LaMelo Ball on the Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> on the Dallas Mavericks? That that would be a fun team to watch. I, I, oh, does he compliment Luca and Seth, or does he get in the way? Well, I don't know if he gets in the way. I mean... If he's going to be drafted in the lottery, you're probably thinking he want, he he should be better than Seth Curry. This so. is true. This is true. But does he does he? I don't know. Does does Luca work with him? I'm not sure. I just think I think it's an interesting. That would be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Looking looking at those those bottom few teams, it's like where would Lamelo fit? Should he become a potential lottery pick in next year's draft? Yeah. I yeah I don't know maybe maybe Dallas. Mm. It, it's my fault. We should be talking about the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, um, look, look, that, that, we're just trying to find somewhere to stick um, Andrew Wiggins. Jeff, really, yeah. Jeff Teague, Jarrett Culver, Andrew Wiggins, Robert Covington, and Carl Anthony Towns is their projected started five, starting five. This was a really promising team two or three years ago, but they've got a past his past past his prime. Jeff Teague, um, Wiggins is going to give you nineteen points a game, and you'll after the game not remember him being on the floor. Pretty much, Anthony Towns is at best overshadowed by guys like Giannis and Anthony Davis, who seem to be in the same group of these unicorns that everyone talks about. Yeah, he he's. I thought he was going to take a, a real step up last season. And look, I think the Timberwolves have sort of got this a similar issue that the Phoenix has had, and it's that they they don't know what direction they want, and they change. They're not patient. They change their mind. All of these short term experiments, and it and it ruins future picks. It ruins player development. There, there are so many reasons 
that these struggling rosters that they they continue to struggle because there's all these knee jerk reactions to things. Unfortunately, it's it's hard when the media you're in the spotlight and there there are expectations for you to win. But I think sometimes you've really got to say no. We're going to stay the course, and we're going to see this out. If they start six and fourteen, is there a Anthony Towns fire sale? Where does he go? Is there, is there a t- spot I mean, for him? Aside from your, I suppose, top few teams that have already sort of got their locked big. Um, so we take the Lakers off the table. Are the Clippers? Have they got assets to trade for a Carl Anthony Towns? Clippers, no, all their assets are somewhere else, and I don't want to spoil <laughs> future teams we're going to talk about. How about this? No, just I mean salary through. cap trade wise. I'm just. I, I think I don't think they have the flexibility. No, um, I think I think they've ruined that. What about uh, Tegan Anthony Towns for Dragic expiring and draft picks to Miami? If they can make I don't that know if it work, works or not, but if if, if that was a, in but, the realm of possibility, so one thing I don't have up is the the trade tracker or calculator. He, uh, my apologies, that would reunite him with Jimmy Butler. That ain't happening. Um, oh yeah, that's right. Maybe it'll be part <laughs> of the trade. Send Jimmy to um, back to Minnesota. One about Hassan Whiteside's expiring for Anthony Towns and some other things to even it up. He goes to the Blazers. He plays with Lou and McCullough. That's an insane trade. Yeah. And like Minnesota just blow it up. Yeah. Because I feel – I don't want to spoil the Portland who, talk, but I feel like they're itching just to make us – they're waiting to see what happens in the first months of the if, season if, before they make their move. If Carl Anthony Towns is like, I'm done, I want out, who doesn't do that trade? and jump at it in a heartbeat. Yeah, I don't know. Depending on what... No, there's no, there's no way that they, um, they'd be worth enough, would it? Well, Whiteside's, they so Whiteside's contract in as an expiring. He was brought in as a trade piece. Mm. So he would be attractive to someone like Minnesota, but they would have something would have to come with him as well, and I don't know if the Portland Trailblazers have the draft picks. Yeah, true. True. It'd be interesting. That would be scary, and that would rocket the Trailblazers into a an extremely strong position. It would, and it would just blow up the powder keg, which is the Minnesota Timberwolves. It would. I don't uh, think that's going to happen. I think they I need think to. It, I, yeah, I think they need to make a bold move, and you know, Memphis have done it, and we've already talked about right. them. There are some other teams in the Western Conference where they get to who have made the bold move to bold, blow things bold. up. Bold move. Andrew Wiggins for John Wall. <laughs> Washington say no. Um, I look at Andrew Wiggins and go, that that contract is untradeable, but nowhere near as untradeable as the John Wall deal. It's like a game of chicken in Carl Anthony Towns and barbecue chicken. Oh, boy. Uh, so many links. I think- but, yes, Minnesota, I, I, just, I just don't – they. I don't see them as a team that know the way forward. Yeah, I think the Timberwolves just let things just deteriorate slowly, win, go 30 and 52, and nothing happens. That, that's my prediction. Yeah. I'm, I'm disappointed and I'm not interested <laughs> in what's going to happen to them. My number 11, I'm moving on. Yeah, let's. We've, my we've, number 11 is the Oklahoma City Thunder. And why have I got them so high? 
I'm glad you asked. Well, yeah, I I was um, I, I can't I don't question it really because after last night's Charlotte effort, well, <laughs> sorry, after last week's Charlotte effort, they've got Chris Paul. They I do. Think, I think they he do. has one last elite season. I think he rejuvenates Steve Adams. Um, there are guys on that team who don't. Left in him. I think there are guys on that team who don't know what a basketball in their hands looks like, who are going to discover what happens when they run to the right spot and get the ball. And they've got Gallinari. They've got some nice pieces. I don't think they're going to totally suck. All right. So I'm going to – I pose this question to you. Do you just do cardboard – do you, like, get a bunch of life-size cardboard cutouts and just put what draft pick they are and sit them across the bench? <laughs> Have to be a long bench. They've got like there's, seven there's, first round draft picks, don't they? They've got a serious amount of first round draft picks coming in the next five or six years. Mm, mm. They they literally they well they can they can screw it up, but this is the way they built their their initial team, like the 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 thunder that was the big three of Harden. Durant and Westbrook, little little to know that how good James Harden was going to be and how silly they were to get rid of him. And But it, it's almost like they're back at square one again. Oh, look, I don't think their roster at the moment is as bereft of talent as it was before Kevin Durant arrived. But Chris Paul is obviously on the wrong side of the halfway mark of his career. So... They could yeah. if they trade if they traded Chris Paul before the season started for more uh, draft picks and things like that. Then, then absolutely, this I think would be a team that would be looking at a, a win total in the teens. But I just think Chris Paul's too much of a competitor, and that, that's why I've got them ahead of a team like Minnesota, who are a team that don't have the competitors. Finally, enough, there's, a, there's another guard that I would compare. My concerns about uh, with Chris Paul is temperament, and he's in the Eastern Conference and was uh, shipped out of Boston. It's the same thing as with Kyrie. If you get dedicated, I, I've got a chip on my shoulder on a work, bring these guys together and prove the haters wrong and that OKC's not trash, Chris Paul comes out and works, it could be an interesting season. If, if we get really, I got traded here, and I'm not even going to look at the playoffs, he'll be injured for half the season. Fair enough. I, I don't think he's as much of a bad influence as Kyrie is. On the ask other Rondo. hand... Ask Rondo. <laughs> <laughs> would you have been telling... Would you be asking me to ask Rondo like in 2010 when he was <sighs> Boston Celtics championship point guard? I actually liked Rondo even after 2009. I think the interesting thing here about Oklahoma City is if they decide to move Chris Paul and blow up the last piece. Mm. Minnesota is a team which have been connected with Chris Paul in potential trades. He would be an upgrade on Jeff Teague. He would not make things easy for Andrew Wiggins in particular in exactly the same way as Jimmy Butler didn't make things easy for Andrew Wiggins. So, so you move Paul for Wiggins. Yeah. Well, Paul, 
I don't know about that. <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I can see them. I can see them winning games through Chris Paul's uh, force of will, and that's why I've got them eleventh. Fair enough. I look. I, I think with those bottom five teams, and I think we're in agreement on all the bottom five, just in a different order. Yep, they're a trick raffle. I, I really think this season those those five spots could be in any order. Oh, I mean, I think unless unless Oklahoma City get rid of Chris Paul before the start of the season, then Memphis is finishing last. But mm. I agree. I agree with the rest. Minnesota should be shouldn't be in that group with the amount of talent they have. But nope, shouldn't. Dallas Dallas could ascend. Phoenix could get frisky. I mean, it is technically theoretically possible. But yeah, I mean, they're my five teams, and they'll be the five teams where I think like I don't think these teams have any realistic shot of making the playoffs this season in the Western Conference. No, but I, I know. But look, OKC are, are gearing up for some big moves in the future. The simple as that. They have loaded up on these draft picks, and and yeah, good luck to them. I think I, it'll it'll be interesting down the track. I think they do need to be patient and need to let teams come to them and say what about and keep their cards close to their chest. And think before that's reacting. what they've done. That's that's what they've been doing. That's why they've got so many picks is because in particular the Clippers, you know, <laughs> overpaid about as much as you could possibly overpay. For a man with no shoulders. In a trade. Anyway, now I know you're all excited. It's a it's a time honored tradition as in you know, last season, this season, but it's come to that all-important time every October when someone writes off the San Antonio Spurs. And I'm doing it. I've got the number 10. This is the year. This is the year when they don't make the playoffs. I'm sticking my flag into the dirt, pushing my chips into the middle of the table. The San San Antonio Spurs are not making the playoffs in 2020. Discuss. Can, can I just uh, – this is a really simple one. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Why are they making the playoffs again? Uh, you might have just gone – did you write the list out? Because the abbreviation for the San Antonio Spurs is SAS, whereas the Sacramento yeah, Kings are SAC. Yes, I know. I know. Okay. Just, got, no, I just wanted to clarify. SAS, number 10. Fair enough. Yeah. No, that, that, no you're wrong. <laughs> The Popovich, no, look, the, the Popovich system is an evolving system and, and yes, Pop's getting older. Tim Duncan is now on the bench. They've got returning injured players. They've, they've kept this, this squad together. They're, they're, they're gritty. They're going to be the Spurs and they are going to win their, their share of games and get into that eighth spot. They will not miss the playoffs. Aldridge isn't going to be better. DeRozan's not going to be better. They've got all these But they're not going to be worse. I think they are. I mean, who's going to step up for them and provide this productivity? Patty Mills. Sorry. Patty Mills. (laughs) He also plays. He's becoming that role, that critical role player in that team, though, off the bench. I know, but he hit some pretty big shots five years ago when they won the NBA title. Won me a bunch of money. All right, so they added Damari Carroll and Trey Lyles. Solid, not setting the world on fire. They drafted some kids, which will probably get minutes early because Pop just randomly throws kids in. All right. 
Who's coming back? Derek White, DeJounte Murray. I'm they're they're players that I think are about to go to another level. I just think one, they're guards. One year they're gonna be one year I'm gonna be right. I just keep saying it. One year I'll be right. And I tell you yeah. what, if Rudy Gay had a got to the Spurs earlier, oh, he would have realized where he belonged. He has fit into that system so well. I think the longer they stretch this out to just keep trying to sneak into the bottom of the playoffs, the longer it will be before they win their next championship. It's possible. It's it's look, there is that awkward point where you're that seventh, eighth seed and you're out. You make the playoffs, but you're out. You were never in with a real shot at the title, but you're always making up the numbers. They would have to draft in the first three or four picks, I feel, somehow, in some way, to get back into the top four in the Western Conference. That's not going to happen if they keep sneaking their way to the playoffs. So they need to bottom out to get that that next Tim Duncan, so to speak. Yeah, and look at someone like look at a team like Memphis. They saw the opportunity that was happening. They saw what was happening in the Western Conference and thought to themselves, "Now's a good time." You know, you can't half compete. You can't be half pregnant. We've got these mega teams all across the league and all across the Western Conference. We're going to sit back, and Oklahoma City have done it as well because they knew they weren't going to get over the hump with Westbrook and Paul George, mm. and. They've decided, okay, now's a good time. To, you know, you, you have to be bad at some stage. Now's as good time as any. And I just think the Spurs, with this perennial competitiveness, but not elite, they haven't been elite for a number of years now. Mm. I feel it's going to happen. Look at it back, they, 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 haven't, they haven't really changed. Like, they're really just bringing back almost the same squad. Yes, and I, uh, that that would be the main point I would make about the reason why I don't think they're making the playoffs is every other team in the Western Conference that I've got ahead of them has either improved and have natural improvement on the players they're bringing back, have added players who make their team better, or were that far ahead of the Spurs already that the, the regression that mm. they'll make this year doesn't put them back below the San Antonio Spurs. I don't know. I, I, I have... Um, I've, I've faith in in Greg Popovich to somehow manufacture that extra extra few wins uh, for his troops. He did just coach Team USA to seventh at the World Cup. so That's in the top eight, which would make the playoff, correct. <laughs> he made the quarterfinals. Well done. So just as predicted, except no, they finished seventh, not eighth. Maybe they will. Maybe they'll step up to that seventh seed. I don't no. think you're being entirely serious. No, I, I believe there's a touch of sarcasm there. Oh, okay. no, nah, look, the Spurs, I, I, they're one of those teams that I don't mind watching them, but, yeah, I think they're just going to be the same old Spurs. I think they'll be the same old Spurs. They won't be as good. They won't make the playoffs. They'll upset um, the apple cart a little bit, and then, yeah, they'll do their thing. We'll see. Number Who nine. is the unlucky team that does not make the playoffs in your rankings? The next team, which is the ninth seed, the team that just misses out is the Sacramento Kings. Oh, so you did have Sack and Sass next to each yeah, other. I did yeah. have them next to each other. Fortunately, mm. I can read my own writing. I really like what they did last season. I really like the addition of Harrison Barnes. They've got Bogdanovich. They've got Trevor Ariza. 
They've got a good starting lineup with Fox, Heald, Barnes, Bagley, Deadman. They've got good players on the bench. I think they they play an attractive brand of basketball. I think I can see them being better this season than last season. I don't know. There's another team that didn't make the playoffs last season who I like to make the jump more. So mm. I think they get jumped over, but I still think they're in it up to their necks you know, into late March. I, I think uh, Luke Walton's got his hands full with this with this squad. It's what he wanted to do with the Lakers. They're going to be young. They're going to run. They're going to be a high-paced team. But I don't know. Those teams that are sort of that run and gun, things don't go really well. Like the Vets are going to create a bit of stability. But I think they're going to be very similar to last year's Sacramento Kings, and that is they're a yo-yo team. You don't know who you're playing on on any given night. I think usually that sort of inconsistency gets worked out of your system the more you play, though. True, true. Look, they're young. I I, I think the two ways this goes is they either take another big step up or they sort of take half a step back and sort of fall into their... I think they were playing above themselves last year, I guess is what I'm saying. Hmm. Well, I mean, I'm not saying they were bad, but I I, I think where they fall, you're you're probably right in that... that, Well, I've got them at 10th, so I I think that 9th, 10th spot, a couple of years there, and then we'll see the improvement. So you've got a team that I've got in the playoffs that you haven't got in the playoffs, and you've got the Spurs in instead of that team. Correct. I have the San Antonio Spurs in 8th. Yes. Well, you know who I have in eighth? The new Orleans the team, Pelicans. The, the team that's finishing, that I've got finishing ninth. Yeah. So we've got those three teams in in the same spots, but different order. Lots to there talk is- about with the, uh, the New Orleans Pelicans or the new New Orleans Pelicans, we'll call there them. There isn't a single thing the Pelicans did in the offseason that I didn't like. I Everything new they Orleans did gets a Lakers. huge tick from me. They weren't going to keep Davis. They got a King's Ransom for him. Uh, Lonzo Ball, I wanted a Phoenix to play next to Booker. I'm, Lonzo I'm is the, one, the one piece that I am a little bit upset about losing. They've still got Drew Holiday. They've got Brandon Ingram. There's a question mark over his long-term health, but I think you would agree that he could be a very good player if he can stay on the court. Uh, they've got Derek Favors. And, of course, they've got the number one draft pick, Zion Williamson, who is potentially the most exciting number one pick uh, since LeBron. Mm-hmm. And they and then they signed J.J. Redick, who's going to come off the bench and hit threes and be veteran leadership. They, you know, they've got Josh <laughs> and, Harden. And has, already, has already warned Zion and, uh, on media day he better not win, uh, break his streak of making the playoffs. Well... I don't think they will. I think this is a very exciting team. I think this has got 45 wins written all over it. Sneaky eighth seed, hey? I think mm. at some stage this season, they're going to put together a two to three week run where it's going to be like, wow. These guys, where, where it'll be, they'll go eight and one and they'll win. Every one of those eight games, they'll win by 15, 20 points. I am very bullish about this team. And then Lonzo breaks his ankle or rolls his ankle again. Ingram's arm falls off. <laughs> And uh, we're back to injuries, 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 tanking. You 
These are ex-Lakers, guys. You're supposed to be the optimistic one. I know. Look, I, I, as much as I would – look, I would love to say Lonzo Ball in purple and gold still. The thing with Lonzo has been the injuries. He hasn't played – it's his third year in the league and he hasn't played a full season. He cannot stay healthy, that kid. Ingram, really unfortunate injury. The big thing with Zion, and and I understand we saw him at Duke. Was it Duke? Yeah. I don't know. I watched two games of college basketball earlier in the year and went, oh, cool. Guy's really big and dominant against children. But he is a child as well. He's got so much potential, but it's that P word, potential. He's not proven in the league yet. We don't know what we're going to get. He's got to acclimatize. And look, he might be the next LeBron James. He might come out and set the world on fire. But I don't think it's fair that people get down on him if he doesn't perform that way. It's going to take him a little while to adjust. And I just, I, I agree that they're going to be exciting, but I just don't think they're going to be consistent. I think they'll have ups and downs. Absolutely. And this is why I've got the Spurs at at eight, because I think the Spurs will be consistent. They have a proven system. They have a, a, one of the greatest coaches of all time. They get their squad up and about. Alvin Gentry is just going to be trying things. He's going to be trying to run a quick offense, which is great. And there's going to be young ones that get lost every now and then that struggle with their adjustments. I, I think this will be the league past team to watch. I think that's pretty much agreed across um, the board, isn't it? The, well, they've the given them 30 national television televised games. And it's 30. not because Josh Hart is on the roster. You lie. It is. It's because Josh Hart's on the roster. That's why the Lakers got all those national televised games when he was on the Lakers. I thought it was because of Alex Caruso. But anyway... <laughs> Or Robert Sacre. I'm, I'm bullish. I think, I think all those things that you've raised are you know, potential pitfalls, but I see enough better in leadership on that team. There'll be teething problems, but you know, Alvin Gentry's not a first-year coach. He's been around uh, the traps for a long time. He has. I think they will be exciting. I think they'll have good patches. They'll have bad patches, but I think when it's all said and done... I think they will make a run towards the end of the season and lock up that number eight spot. Wouldn't that be interesting if they matched up against the Lakers in the first round? It would, but <laughs> that would re- that would require the Lakers getting the number one seed. Oh, that's correct. Don't worry about that. Forget what fair, I just said. Fair enough. <laughs> My number seven at we're the into, moment. We're up to number seven. All right, so we're back off the – we're disagreeing. on. Uh, we had those three – in, in, in thereabouts, we've got seven teams that we're we're all going to be in agreement on. So, cool. Who have you got? Num- lucky number seven. I've got the Portland Trailblazers at number seven at the moment. But ding, 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 ding. We agree. That's where I've got them waiting for them to do something. Is this um, with or without the Carl Anthony Towns trade? Oh, this is without. This is as they're okay. currently <laughs> uh, constructed. I think Lillard's too good to have them miss the playoffs. I don't I'm not sure when they get Nurkic back. Obviously he's still not fit. But I just wait and see what they do with the couple of expiring pieces they've got to try and add. You know, if they have Lil McCullum Nurkic and another forward 
um, who becomes available. What is um, what is Nurkic's timeline look like? No, I'm not sure, but I think it was a pretty serious injury. Mm. So, I think that's gonna that's definitely going to have an impact. Um, but they, yeah, they've they've added some some good pieces with what they, I suppose, what they had available to them. They're gonna be they're gonna be solid. Um, yeah. What well, so off the bench, they've got Rodney Hood and Kent Bazemore. As yeah. their guards in the depth chart. Uh, who else have they got? You obviously got CJ and and Lillard as your starting guards. Who's your three? We're at Baysmore at the three at the moment. Okay. Zach Collins and Hassan Whiteside. Yeah. So there are a number of players that are potential yeah. move, moves, you know, guys who play three, four, five on bad teams, teams we expect to struggle who they might be able to make a move for. We've already mentioned Carl Anthony Towns. If Detroit struggle, does Blake Griffin become available? Yeah. Is that a possibility? We mentioned Kevin Love yesterday. Interesting. Just, I think Portland could be a destination. I think the problem is their salary cap issues. Mm-hmm. But the clock think, is ticking for them. I, I think these guys are hard capped from memory. So, they're, I mean, having a, a pair like McCollum and Lillard is great. But I think there's well, a. Lillard has the biggest contract in basketball because he got the super super max. The super super, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they've got a vet in in an old favourite of mine in Pau Gasol, so might get three minutes a game out of him and the occasional ten minute patch. Well, he knows how to win. He's been on championship teams. He's got so... the right attitude. He's he's mm. been on a, a good Spurs team. He's played one championships with the Lakers. Yeah, look, I I agree with you completely that the Portland Trailblazers, as they stand, are like in my eyes finish seventh. Yeah, but they've got the expiring contracts. Where I I think they're going to make a move. I remain. I wait to see what that move will be, and I reserve the right to suggest that they will finish somewhere else, depending on what that move is. But we don't know what that move is yet. Have fun in Cleveland, Hassan. Number six, I've got the Golden State Warriors, number six. Well, I have a, a, a team in the same division in number six. Fair enough. We're not going to see much clay this year. We don't know how Steph and D'Angelo Russell are going to gel they, together. Did, did, did they rule him out? It was uh, he'll be reassessed after the All-Star break. Was Clay the update on Clay? The last I mean, one. They're, I gonna, they're going to release the results of an assessment after the All Star break. If they're not assessing him like every two weeks, then they're probably not doing their job. But Just, yeah, really, we've, we've talked about this previously. I want to see them with that with Clay and Russell in the lineup, but we just don't know whether it's going to get to that. There seems to be this thought that they brought Russell in so that they could move him at some later stage and whether that move is to blow things up or whether it is to get back into contention. He's a temporary two guard so they don't drop too far down whilst Clay's out. Well, that, he's a that, very talented player. He's, a, he's an excellent piece. Yep. There are teams who are going to be coveting him if they have a, a hole at the 1-2. Let's, so, let's send D'Angelo to Cleveland. <laughs> they have a hole in the hole. Numbers, all of the numbers. I'm jumping on board the let's let's revive Kevin Love's career train. 
He was currently. Your... I am the only passenger, and there is no driver. But we're, we're working on it. Wasn't he coming to the Lakers a few years ago, or what happened there? I'm sure you told me he was coming to the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, well, we all know Along how good with... Minnesota are at doing the right thing. Along with Westbrook. Hey, Minnesota did I the right thing. I wanted Westbrook on that Lakers squad. Minnesota did the right thing. They shipped their team to Los Angeles in the late 1950s. Warriors have got Steph, D'Angelo, Glenn Robinson III. There are three Glenn Robinsons now. Draymond Green and Willie Cauley-Stein. They've got Kevin Looney on the bench and Jordan Poole, but they're not especially deep without Clay. Their biggest problem is their depth, or lack thereof. And it was their problem last season. Yep. Yeah. So when Kevin Durant got hurt, when Clay Thompson got hurt, when Steph Curry got hurt at various stages of the season, they just, when when DeMarcus Cousins got hurt, at various stations, they just did not have the next guy to just step up and play meaningful minutes. And having said that, they still finished two wins away from an NBA championship. The Warriors, look, they're not going to be the 2016 Warriors. Then they're not. They're not setting the world on fire with a with an 70. Was it how many how many wins was it? 73 and nine. Yeah, that's not happening. But, but what could very is very possible is Steph Curry goes back to unanimous MVP Steph Curry because there is no Kevin Durant taking the spotlight. They could really turn back the clock and start running that squad like they like they used to. I think they'll show glimpses at, at certain stages where they'll be like, this is what the Warriors were when they first arrived. And I could see Steph having like a 40 points a game month. Yep, yep. I, I I see that as a real possibility. But if they keep D'Angelo, I don't know. They they are worse in a division where we're now in the point again where everybody's better. All right, let's let's wind it back to the uh, the discussions we were having about uh, Ben Simmons's jump shot. Yeah. So it's not going great. The jump shot is uh, is. A joke. He he he's not he he's taking the shots, but he's not making the shots. D'Angelo for for Ben Simmons. I think we so talked about this previously. Who's, who says no? Yeah. If Ben Simmons isn't shooting, then the Warriors are the ones who say no. The Warriors are the ones who say, "And what else?" They try and drive a hard bargain. Ben Simmons completely changes that Golden State Warriors team. Mm. He sort of has to have the ball in his hands. The, the offense has to run through him. He doesn't need to be taking the shots, but the yeah, ball Yeah, he's not an off-ball him. mover. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm thinking Ben Simmons to play the five in their small lineup or the four. Well, then, I mean, I mean, if he's not shooting, which is the only circumstance under which the Sixers entertain if the idea of trading. he's not shooting, he's a center that can pass. Yeah, and they had, they essentially have one of those. But Draymond yeah. can shoot. Draymond can shoot better, better than Sim. Uh, better, better than Simmons. Simmons. Yeah, Draymond Green is a serviceable shooter for a, a guy with the rest of his skill set and defensive player of the year. Yeah. So I mean, Ben Simmons is a very good defensive player, but yeah, I mean, it would. I, th- I think that would be a very interesting move. The I don't know what Carl Anthony Towns. Now that. Yep. That would be interesting. Suddenly. 
the Golden State Warriors would be like compete. They'd be thinking, well, we can compete with the Lakers and Anthony Davis. We can mm-hmm. compete with the Bucks and Giannis. We don't have to, you know, the Philadelphia 76ers and Joel Embiid. We've got our guy who can get us 85, 90% of that. And you can't compete with us in other positions. So, Kevin Love. Love and Anthony Towns are two really interesting ones. I don't really want to see D'Angelo Russell on that team. <laughs> that is the Cavs. But what about D'Angelo Russell for Love and Tristan Thompson? Who else goes? And the Warriors send a like a number one. Yeah. And yeah, and Looney. And a number one. Or something, yeah. The real question is for the Golden State Warriors, I feel, is they're gonna be making a decision around all star time in terms of how close is Clay to being back? Because I think if they feel like Clay's gonna play soon, they're gonna be they're gonna be reasonably confident he's gonna be they're gonna look close to being Clay. Yep. D Lo gets he's he's earned that right through how he's played and played through adversity over the course of his career at the Golden State mm-hmm. Warriors. Spot so on. they'll be confident in him, they'll move Russell, and they won't be afraid to roll the dice a little bit. And and the other thing about their depth, though, is you, you look at the, the, I suppose you call it the buyout market, the, the free agents and the, in the remaining players. There's still a few people floating around. I mean, there'll always be players who get, who become available. But there are there are veteran type players that could just get veteran role player minutes. Mm. Like not saying that he's even being considered, but someone like a a J.R. Smith, a Jose Calderon, like a, there are players that you're like, yeah, they're not playing, they're not starting, but they've played the game long enough, and that's all the Warriors need. Well, the Warriors did it last season with Bogut, didn't they? He yep. already played an NBL season, and they brought him in for the last two, three months of the NBA season. Just in so, case. Just in case. So, obviously, Iguodala's the number one guy in that market, but he's not going back to Golden State because he's not happy with how the last season went. Yeah. But there will be other guys around there's, who will be available. There's a few free agents. People will be waived. Yeah. yeah. I think I think their depth problem will get solved with some interesting interesting free agents. I think it'll get solved depending on the situation in late January, early February. I think there'll be a few things to play out. I can see Golden State making a run and making a few moves if they feel like they have a genuine shot at winning the title. They feel like they've got the playoff reps. They just need to be they just need to be confident that they who they have already is just about good enough and they just need one more piece to add them over the top and then they can make maybe make they can make that trade and move Russell and then maybe add a buyout and then see where they are after that. If the Golden State Warriors by some miracle Make the right moves before the deadline. Clay comes back. Uh, is this team a chance to do some damage in the playoffs? I think they've earned the right not to be counted out. So they, they, sneak, won- they sneak into sixth. They've got they've got 20, 15, 15 games into Clay. He's feeling it. They've got another piece. We'll say it's Kevin Love for the sake of the change. Yep. They've they've recruited a few pieces, and you'd say you laugh. You go J.R. Smith, but whoever get a couple of I wasn't couple of guys off weight. J.R. Smith, oh, I guess he already he's already won Golden State a title, so why not recruit <laughs> him <laughs> anyway? 
Um, Look, you, you pick up a couple of players like that. Do, did they just all of a sudden be move to the caliber of a top three seed? I'll put it this way: there are five teams that we that I haven't that we haven't talked about yet in the Western Conference who I have ranked higher at the moment. None of them want to play the Warriors in a playoff series. None of Correct. them. Correct. Yep. Right now, let alone as you've described it, which is probably a more dangerous sounding Golden State Warriors than the one on paper at the moment. It's a bit like Portland. I'm just waiting and seeing waiting what Waiting for that movement. Yep. I'd be really encouraged if they got to the all-star break and D'Angelo was really succeeding and they decided, Let's you know, risk Clay. we're going to go with like lineup. 21st century run TMC with, with Draymond at mm. the five. You know, and let's just run teams off the floor with, you know, two point guards and you know who's going to bring the ball up. You know who's where the shot's going to come from. And they're you'll, all really you'll dangerous. Earn, you'll earn a series victory against these guys. You'll know that you, you've, if you, if you knock them off in the playoffs, you'll have earned it. Agreed. Agreed. I feel Definitely not next, to be written off. I feel the next position is going to be a surprise for some people. Number, what are we on to number five? On to number five. This is where I've got the Houston Rockets. Where our top six are going to be very different, I think. Yeah. And yeah. I've got the Houston Rockets here for one very one very clear reason, and that is Russell I, Westbrook. I do not know how this is go whether this is going to work, and I fear that it's not going to work the way the Rockets want it to work. These these are the two highest usage rate guys in the history of the league, aren't they? I mean, these guys have higher usage rates than Michael Jordan and his pumps. So I, I have something to put to you on why these two are two of the highest usage rate players in the league. They have both won MVPs. Yep. What have neither player won? Uh, conference a championship. championship. They yeah, do not have a ring. Yeah. They are so driven for that prize. And they are getting to a point in their careers where they're like, you know what, we will do anything to get that prize. And if that means finding a way to work together, we're doing it. They've, they've had time in, in Oklahoma City. And the rumor is they want to play with it, like find a way to make it work. They want to play together. Now, and I'll put something else there that yep. Capella makes them a big three. Yeah, I think he's, he's underrated. I think he's very yeah. underrated as a center. And I don't know, this Houston Houston team looks scarier by the day. They've got Eric Gordon and PJ Tucker running at their starting five. They've got Austin Rivers, Gerald Green, and Tyson Chandler on their bench at the moment, and Daniel House. So Anthony Bennett is on the roster somehow. <laughs> He's back. Look, I need to shout out uh, my my good friend Tristan Blacker, who has an assortment of Anthony Bennett rookie cards, <laughs> which I may have given to him for his birthday. <laughs> He's still sitting on them, hoping that that one day Anthony Bennett was going to return to the league and set the world on fire. This could be that year. This could be. Maybe the right situation. <laughs> The other thing about the Rockets is that they're historically a very, very big pick-and-roll team. Mm-hmm. And last year, Russell Westbrook was the worst pick-and-roll player in the league. 
Yeah, he seems very he seemed very suited to the way Adams was as a center versus Capella plays. Mm. That said, does he have to be the pick and roll player? Does Harden assume that? Like the big thing with Chris Paul was you've got you you go to you look at both wings. You've got Paul and Harden. Capella sets a screen. You don't know where the pick and roll is coming from. You know what I mean? They can both set it. You just change the offense. You 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 maneuver things so that Westbrook's in a corner, eyeing up a three, looks to attack the basket while that pick and roll action's happening. I think it's going to be scary. If it works, yeah, they're going to be perhaps the great, the best offensive team just about in NBA history. I just yeah, look, I I think, and this is most, most a lot of my prior statements about one Mike Antoni. <laughs> um, I'm never letting that go. I believe his only his biggest failure as a coach was when he coached the Lakers, and that's that's I've all, it's always sat badly with me. But I, he's done so well with building this roster. He knows what he wants. And and the front office support it. They do what needs to be done to get the pieces they need. I and, oh, I just I don't see it failing, not on a dramatic level. I think you're harder than and Dan Tony for what happened in LA when he was there. And I think mm. a lot of it wasn't his fault. I I don't think it was a good collection oh, of players. Terrible. A lot of players a lot of players had a bad stage to in their up career. On it. And the Knicks was a bit the same, but that's a poorly run franchise. He has yep. been the coach of two teams, the Phoenix Suns, the six seconds or less Phoenix Suns, and the Houston Rockets, who are, you know, legacy-creating offensive teams in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Yep. This and is what he's that, good that at. Quick, um, really super aggressive offense. Blink and Jam- you miss it. This is James Harden's yeah. team. Yep. It depends on how Westbrook decides to fit in and how he reacts and what he's able to produce on someone else's team. And, I mean, I've got Portland 7th, Golden State 6th, and Houston 5th. There are probably there are certainly teams who I consider less talented higher in my rankings, but there's question marks over those three teams about how things fit and what's going to happen. There's uncertainty, and that's why I've got them there. I don't trust Westbrook. To... Let's look in. Let's look into the crystal ball. There's there's um, two points in it. Nineteen seconds left on the clock. Rockets are in a tussle with we met? the Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. There we go. Who gets the ball? They're down well, two. Well, Harden gets it, but I would suggest that Dan Tony shouldn't dismiss out of hand Westbrook not being on the floor. So you think Westbrook isn't on the floor? No, I think Dan Tony should consider it depending wow. on how Westbrook has been shooting during that game. I mean, he is not yep. an elite shooter. So unless you are confident that Westbrook can get to the ring and draw free throws where he's a serviceable free throw shooter, but not great. Because I think you're right. It's, it's hard to shot. Draw defenders to him and then kick out to someone like Harden or Eric Gordon or PJ Tucker. I think and- Westbrook is the fallback guy that attacks the rim if Harden can't get a look and takes it to overtime. He's not most, the first option. 
I think most of the time in that situation, Harden takes the inbounds, and that's the last Houston player who touches the ball. So, mm. for better or worse, so most of the time it's going to be for better because Harden's probably the one guy in a regular oh, season game who you want the ball in the hand <sighs> in that situation. Yeah, yeah. Well, he uses it a lot, as does his teammate. So we'll see how those percentages change. The yeah, um, I would now be, while, I while would... we're looking at that crystal ball in that situation, does James Harden take that one-legged shot? I think at some stage he does and he hits it. He hits a game winner <laughs> at some stage in the season with that one. I watched that game winner hit against Golden State. Do you know season. who he hits it over? It was over Clay, wasn't it? Yeah, he'll do it over Ben Simmons <laughs> and say, I can do this on one leg. <laughs> Just... Yeah. And I don't need seven Rookie of the Year awards uh, to validate me. And that one's for Adam. And, he's been... and I'm, I'm not taking Somehow the... this guy from Australia got my email address and he just hasn't let me... Forget about it. So hit this, you're playing Philadelphia. You only play him twice a season. You're going to hit a shot in Ben Simmons' face and let him know that he shouldn't have won the Rookie of the Year. Uh, and then Ben Simmons will come back with, oh, well, at least I didn't pull out of the – never mind. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if the Rockets won 65 games. Let me put it that way. But I just – there's so much uncertainty about how these two guys play together and in particular about Westbrook. This is Harden's team. So It is. I think it's going to be exciting. Whatever it is, it's going to be exciting. They're a well-constructed team. They've got a lot of pieces coming back. And they've got their, their, their key pieces. They've got shooters. They've got Westbrook and Harden. And once again, the Rockets are doing just just leaving it all out, living in the moment, winning, trying to win now. And that's how, um, that's how their front office has operated in recent years. We'll sort, we'll sort out the draft pick stuff later. Let's just get the roster looking the way we want it. Absolutely. My number four team is a team I really like. I, I, I really wanted to put them higher because I think they made you know, just about one of the best moves of the offseason, and that is the Utah Jazz. In number four. Number four. They <laughs> traded for Mike. We agree. They, tra- they traded for Mike Conley. They've got third-year Donovan Mitchell, who just threatens to take the leap. Joe Ingles, Bojan Bogdanovic, the stifle tower, Rudy Gobert. They've got Jeff Green, Dante Exum off the bench. They're a really well-coached team. They already have playoff series wins in the bank. They had one glaring weakness last season, who they allowed to sign for the Phoenix Suns. No, I'm not bitter. And they got in Mike Conley, who's an instant upgrade. Instant upgrade. I think this is a team that can potentially, in the right circumstances, win the NBA championship. That's a big call. Big call. Nothing in the way of really in the way of rookies, but God, they've had some added some pieces. I don't know what to make of it yet. I think the variable is exactly how good can Donovan Mitchell be. Mm. And there was for the first half of last season, there was yeah. a bit of second year blues, but he got out of it. They got last year. They got Houston in the first round, and that wasn't that was unlucky because Houston lost that game at the end of the season, which cha- changed them from a two seed to a three seed. And I think Utah would have had a better shot against a different team in different circumstances. But mm. they have addressed their areas of concern. They have players who are going to be better. I they've think they still have some flexibility. They, they really, to add. They've, they've upgraded so much. I mean, losing favors, but yeah, no, they've they've got. I mean, Ed Davis is a good pickup. Who else have we got? 
Green, Bogdanovich, and and Conley. Well, they've really filled out their roster. That that that's really what they've done. They've filled it out. They've got the pieces they think they need to win. And and you're right, they're they're a contender. Unlike I don't know if they're have... overrated. I I don't know if they're overrated, but what? they look good on paper. I'm confident that they're not going to inexplicably lose games. I'm confident that they're going to be very Is close possibly to the best fit for, for Mike Connolly. Oh, absolutely. What would what would yeah, be a better uh, fit? I, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure out if if there's anywhere else he could have really signed to make a team this much better. No, nothing comes to mind. Well, I mean, well coached, well rounded. This team looks scary. Yeah, but I think compared to some other teams who are, I mean, you look at their bench and you look at Philadelphia's bench, and you think. That's clearly a better bench in Utah. Mm-hmm. Maybe the, start, the, the starting five isn't quite five as good, is still, but but it's consistent and it's serviceable. And it doesn't have a weakness. There's no spot where you think you really could use an upgrade there. That's the position you attack. That's the position that's not going to deliver you production at one end or the other end. Yeah. So yeah, I really like them. I, I tempered my enthusiasm by having them four. You know, I had them higher. And I just thought, let's not get carried away. See, a lot. I've been hearing a lot of excitement, and looking at it on paper, it's it, it's a solid lineup. But I just want to see how it all fits. It's kind of like that that Portland. I want to see it. Not that they're a piece away, but I still want to see it. They've proven to be a good, a solid team, but now they've got to step up to be more than just a solid, serviceable squad. I think the question for Utah, as far as what happens during the season, is concerned from a front office point of view, is do they have uh, the chutzpah to maybe put themselves in a, in, a, in a tough situation with the cap by going and getting that bench piece? I mean, mm. can you imagine a Kevin Love on this team if they were able to make that move, running off the bench, playing 20 minutes a game, backing up Bogdanovich and Gobert? You know, it's interesting. We, do, we don't think Utah is the sort of team to make that push, completely push all your chips into the middle of the table move like the Sixers did last season with two trades. Mm. They, see, see, Utah haven't, and that's the thing, they haven't pushed their chips in. They were smart, they were patient, and they upgraded where they need. Like the, the Conley upgrade is great, but the other pieces are also, yeah, well, um, Bogdanovich is a good, good pickup. Mm. Who else are we? Davis, huge. Look, they're so well balanced. And there are other teams who've made moves for point guards. I mean, the Paul Westbrook mm. trade was overreach probably at least on one of those teams and probably both of those teams you know, yep. in terms of what you were trying to accomplish. Yeah, you know, Alonzo got traded. Goran Dragic would have been available, but... They picked the absolute right guy for that system and thought, let's go and get him. And they went and got him. So they might not have those pieces because of the Conley trade to really add, but maybe a buyer guy. Imagine if Iguodala decides to come to Utah as a buyout guy. That, so that, 
I think wherever Andre Iguodala ends up gets an instant upgrade on their bench. A yeah. massive, massive upgrade. They're not just playing minutes in the regular season. That's a role player in the finals. Yeah, it's a... A serious role player, like a, six, a seventh, eighth man on it, like in the in the main rotation when you're down to your seven or eight players. Yeah, as in you're down one or up one in a game seven of a playoff series with he's on. five seconds on the clock, he's on the floor. So much to my chagrin, they gave him a, an NBA Finals MVP despite the fact that he defended the player who was the best player in that series. But... That doesn't take away from the fact he is a polished, experienced veteran playoff performer. And, you know, if Aguadala ended up at Utah, in addition to what they have already, that that potentially puts them over the top. Yeah, I think they, they increase their um, their chances if they, they pick up a, an Iguodala-type player. Yep. Undoubtedly. So we're down, but also just want to make the point, Utah are in the cursed four spot, as far as I'm concerned. Four buggers. Oh, in the number three spot, which is less cursed, is last year's best regular season team in the Western Conference. That is the Denver Nuggets. Ooh. They have Nuggies. Adam Paul Millsap. They have Jamal Murray. They re-signed him. They have Gary Harris, Will Barton, and Nikola Jokic. They have the good Plumley. One of the best bigs in the league. Jokic. They've got Bol Bol, Jeremy Grant, Michael Porter Jr., Malik Beasley, Monte Morris. Who else have they got? It's, it's pretty it's much they're, they're roll. They're, they're pretty much rolling it back, aren't they? Yeah, they bring it back, but they've added Millsap. So they are a team which had the best record in the Western Conference last season and added to that team. And one season. of those contenders for um, for best name in the league, Bol Bol. Bol Bol. Bol Bol. Not just one. Bowl, bowl. bowl squared. Bowl squared. Not beating, not getting, taking my vote from Taco. They still need, and this is, I mean, I've put them ranked three because I think they've proven that they can win a whole heap of games in the regular season and they, they are a very tough beat in a series. And I think Jokic is, deserves to be spoken about with all the other unicorns in the NBA at the five. It's I just want. a big unicorn. Yeah, for them, to, for them to seriously contend for a championship, they need someone to be the man, and that probably has to be Murray. Mm. The two remaining teams... Take a step up. The two remaining teams uh, I have left, and I still haven't got to clearly have that guy. The four teams we've meant... The three teams... We've fought, no, sorry, right. The four teams I've mentioned just before the Denver Nuggets all clearly have that guy. So mm. the Nuggets this, the Nuggets look Jokic is that guy. God he's good. But they got beat in the conference semis by Portland. Yeah. Yeah they did. And but they'll be more the they'll be better for that for that run. They'll have learned yeah. a lot. They played pretty hard last season and I think once again they're one of those teams that did play above themselves. And everything kind of went right, but they're on the right track. They've they've got a good, they had a good solid team, and they've pretty much brought back the same squad, adding a couple of guys from free agency, and and some good extensions and re-signs. 
I mean, as I said, I think they'll be better than last season, but I just think some other teams have obviously mm. improved more. Yeah. So. Well, is it Michael Porter Jr. might finally get a game? He was injured. Was he injured all of last season? Did he even play a game? That was their draft pick from the year before. I'm not sure, but that's a bonus for them. It's like yeah, a, instant, a instant upgrade. Yeah, yeah, to play like the a ball. Ben Simmons rookie in his second season. They might win rookie of the year. <laughs> they win it twice. Okay, we've we've danced around it long enough. I've got two teams left, and they're both in the same city. So one so, should be from Seattle, but anyway, <sighs> I already talked about the Thunder. It's one, it's a one-team town. Sorry, um, I'm... the team I've got in the number two spot is the Los Angeles Lakers. I think I've already said this tonight, but you're wrong. <laughs> I've got them in the number two spot. <laughs> they roll out a starting lineup of Rondo, Danny Green, LeBron James, Antonio Davis, and Dwight Howard is currently in the spot, but it might be JaVale McGee instead. They've got Kuzma, Quinn Cook, Avery Bradley, Kentavious Corbell Cope, Jared Dudley, the aforementioned Alex Caruso. Just before we get into how good the Lakers are going to be and the big question over them, I just want to make, I really, really love the Danny Green signing. Danny Green? Yeah. That happens. This is a guy so... who's played on two different NBA championship teams This is and, and played significant minutes and had huge contributions on the 2014 Spurs and last year's Raptors. It was just he... a great signing by the Lakers. It is a great signing, and it showed that for once, the Los Angeles Lakers had a plan B because they were they were all in on this Kawhi thing. And when it didn't happen, within within an hour, I believe, that it came across. It was Kawhi signed with the Clippers. Yay. And then the Lakers just went bang, bang, bang. Rondo re-signed. Danny Green signed. Then within the next day or so, it was Cousins signed up, and that's so unfortunate. I think because I made a prediction that Boogie was going to be good, he, I think two days after we recorded, and I said, I hope I don't moz them, Boogie, Boogie's gone anyway. It is unfortunate. I feel the appropriate amount of sympathy for DeMarcus, for DeMarcus Cousins himself. I feel no sympathy for Laker fans. Of course not. Um, <laughs> Where was Phoenix again? Are they, they're not 15th. No, they're 14th. The question for me is, what's, what position does LeBron play? He's a great... I think this is, does this team, would this team be better with LeBron at the four and Anthony Davis at the five? Anthony Davis doesn't want to play the five. This is the yeah. problem. I think he will play the five in certain lineups, i.e. In the, at the end of the game, Davis is the five. Crunch time, you are, you are not having Anthony Davis and another center on the court. No, and they have to, have, they have to be able to give Kuzma, even if, if Kuzma isn't starting, Kuzma's going to demand starter-like minutes, and as he should. Six so, man of the year, Kyle Kuzma. You heard it here first. Probably not. There's a few people that may have predicted that already. In contention against the likes of Alex Caruso. Um, I, think a, I think a lot relies on the sort of a t- approach that LeBron James has to this this season in terms of are we going to see 
him perform as more of a complimentary piece, more of a, not a second banana, but a banana 1.5 to Anthony Davis. I do think this season is going to be very pivotal to where Anthony, whether or not Anthony Davis re-signs with the Lakers next season. So you can you can see a lot a, a not completely unlikely scenario where Antonio Davis is somewhere else in twenty twenty one. If this season doesn't pan out, then he is a free agent. He hasn't. It's not. It's not a multiple year deal. This is with with Anthony Davis is given us this season to to get or to be wooed by the Lakers and LeBron. And he's already been wooed by the fact that he's in Space Jam too. <laughs> That probably got him over, over here, but now it's now it's we need to win. Everyone talks about how good this is, and and don't get me wrong, I think this is one of the scariest duos potentially in 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 NBA history. But we've got to see it happen on the court. That's simple as that. What's a pass mark for the Lakers this season? Home court in the first round of the playoffs. Okay, so if they, they've got to win a seed, they, they've got they've got to go to the Western Conference Finals. Okay, so if they don't Pass win the mark West, for Anthony but- Davis might be slightly under that, depending. And this is the thing: like all of that comes with the the conditions that LeBron doesn't do anything. Like there's no crazy injuries like last season. Do you know what I mean? Like if we've got half our Anthony Davis and LeBron James are out for sixty games. Of course, the Lakers aren't going to finish in the in the top half of the West. I don't think it was a crazy injury to LeBron James last season. He played fifty six thousand minutes. Yep. Oh, but no, I mean, but it was uh, it was the domino effect. It was LeBron was injured, Ball was injured, Ingram was injured, Kuzma was injured. Like it was an absolute train wreck of injuries. You have one player that misses a handful of games. You go, sure, that's that's no problem. We've got that. When you have multiple starters going down for for multiple weeks, it's, it causes it, it really upsets any run, any chance of a good run. But I think the pieces are around them, and if they um, they 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 sort of come together as we all think they're going to. And Frank Vogel needs to figure out rotations because you're right. Some of the positions these guys play don't make sense with the um, the depth chart, so to speak. So maybe people will play positions they're not used to playing or not normally flagged in. But I think it's it's probably the most exciting season for Lakers basketball since the train wreck that was Dwight Howard, Steve Nash. Coming and and destroying things. Fair enough. Speaking of uh, play, he's back. He's back. Excellent. There are there. Are, everyone gets a second chance. I have the yeah, other LA um, team, my number one, and I have the number one for one singular reason, and that is because Kawhi Leonard's the best player in the league. This is a team that was the eight seed last season and have added Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and basically have only subtracted Boban. Let's uh, go and have a look. They run a, they run a starting five of Beverly, Shamit, Kawhi, Paul George, and Zubach. Uh, yeah, that hurts. A name, a that name hurts. Which, which should trigger Lakers fans, and that still leaves them Lou Williams on the bench 
and Jermichael Green, Maurice Harkless, and Terrence Mann. And the reason I mentioned Terrence Mann was, isn't that the name of James Earl Jones' character in Field of Dreams? I think you're right. I'm never going to think of that kid the same. Oh, my God. I wonder if they're related. (laughs) (laughs) That is a... That um, is a phenomenal starting lineup the Clippers can run out considering right. how good we now we now recognize uh, Kawhi Leonard it's as a as a basketball as a playoff performer he's he's the one guy if you were playing a pickup game and the you were playing for the title of champion of the universe and you were picking you were the first captain to pick I would pick, I'd pick Kawhi Leonard I yeah I'd, I'd... Oh, I couldn't go past LeBron at this stage, even though he's <laughs> aging. I can't. I can't say I would. But I, yeah, I agree. It, look, Kawhi is arguably the the best player in the world. The question is, and and this isn't. Well, I suppose we'll raise the question about Kawhi first. What happens if Kawhi starts to get those quad problems again? They start to having to. Oh, we're going to load manage him. Oh, it's not working. Oh, injuries, injury. That that train wreck starts again. The well, end of the Spurs managed, era. They load managed him last season, and they still managed to win the title. And he wasn't fit in the playoffs, and he was clearly the MVP of the series. Now his complimentary piece has just had his arms reattached because his <laughs> shoulders don't work. So both of these. So the, the big criticism of the Lakers is the injury run they've had that LeBron's getting old. But the Clippers, they've got an injury-prone. Paul George broke a leg. Two arms have dropped off. Kawhi's missed, played a 20-game season because his legs don't work. My main criticism of the Lakers is I don't know if all the pieces fit perfectly and they've got a couple of – they've signed a, a couple of players who I think are questionable signings. My question mark over the Clippers is – I think these pieces fit nicely. Yes, there are legitimate question marks over how many games they're going to get out of Kawhi and Paul George, but if they get 65 games out of Kawhi, last season showed us that that's good enough. And there was no one, with all due respect to Marcus Sol and Siakam and Kyle Lowry, when they're up and about, there's no, there was no one on that Toronto Raptors team as a second banana as good as Paul George who was in the MVP conversation last season for certain stages. And that's before you start talking about Beverly, Patrick Beverly, who is a point guard who will just terrorize teams defensively. And Lou Williams is the reigning sixth man of the year. Fair, fair point, fair point. Should we temper our enthusiasm by reminding ourselves that this is the singular most cursed franchise in the history of American sport? This is the Los Angeles Clippers. This is... The team Books that doesn't belong in this. LA, yes. But no, my 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 current take on it. You look at they didn't lose a lot. Gallinari was a loss. Yeah, Gallinari played out of his skin last year. He was playing above his ex well, above expectations. A lot of that was happening, but a lot of it was a buy-in. We're all the underdogs. We don't have a superstar. We all play for each other mentality. And then a few players go, and we now bring in the big stars. Do you think the chemistry is the 
the brotherhood, so to speak, that it was last season. Now there, there are two alpha dogs in the house. I think there are going to be chemistry issues early, and I think they may get compounded if those alphas are given special treatment because a one arm's falling off again and needs to be reattached or they need to plug Kawhi in again to make sure his leg's pumped up. I just, I don't. But don't, don't the same alpha dog issues apply to the other team in LA? Don't the same injury issues apply to the other team in LA? I mean, LeBron and Anthony Davis, neither of them got through the full season last season. Both of them want to be the guy. But everybody's talking about those injuries already. They're at the forefront of discussions for the for the Lakers. The thing is, I think they've been contending with that question mark more than the Clippers have. I think the Clippers, for what they had last season, had a perfect season for what they could have accomplished. And I I don't see that happening back to back. I disagree, but I think they've just got a better team this year and, and a significantly better team. I mean, with, with all due respect to Gallinari, he's not Kawhi Leonard, and I to be fair, this I don't think anyone this is, this is this is true. Is is in the league. Look, I just think a lot of the the issues about these teams who have pushed their chips all into the middle of the table are these similar issues. There's similar issues with Houston Rockets. Uh, there uh, there is a fit issue with the Golden State Warriors with this assumption they're going to move Russell. You've got LeBron and Anthony Davis on the Lakers, and you know how how committed over the course of a season LeBron is. To, to just make sure that Anthony Davis is the guy. And it's a reason why I'm, I probably, you know, I feel more comfortable, you know, with the Utah Jazz at the moment because I think the move they made was complement, you know, it fit into the system. It's complementary. I don't see any issues with them mm. in terms of personality or game styles or this sort of thing. The only issue I can see is, you know, Conley might not be as good as they think he is going to be. Mm. I just don't like the Clippers. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't want I'm them to be good. Distinct impression. I do not want my at, at the, my team's little brother, unwanted little brother. I think uh, it was that Snoop or someone said that in the media. Anyway, to be better than us, I want them to it get out of us, town. And it took us three and a half hours of combined preview podcasts to get to a Snoop quote. So, <laughs> yeah, okay. The Clippers, the Clippers are the Clippers. I, I regret losing uh, Zubach. That still annoys me. Because he, I mean, Rondo Green, James Davis, Zubach. That's. I, I sign, would prefer Zubach over Howard or McGee. Yeah, and you wouldn't have signed Howard. You probably wouldn't have signed Cousins. And you probably wouldn't have re-signed McGee. So. Yep. And then we would have been able to get a guard. Another uh, another guard. That's it. I reckon Avery Bradley will be a good backup. We're going to be someone better than Bradley or Cook. Yep. Agreed. But that look, that lovely uh, free agent market with the waived player, players coming off waivers, I'm sure they'll be dipping in. Plus, please let it be known that the Lakers now have an Antetokounmpo on their roster. Planting so seeds Davis. for the future. Planting seeds for the future. That's great, Adam. Well done. Costas has work to do. He's going to clean the locker room. Yeah. Well, they've brought in all the tanking rules and everything, and they're like, oh, players can talk to players. 
So LeBron's like, hey, can you talk to your brother about coming coming to play? Because that's that's not against the rules. The tanking rules are players can speak to players and the one guy who can't speak to players is Magic Johnson. Isn't that the rule? Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. And if anyone else mentions it and it seems out of line, we're going to find you anyway and they'll be inconclusive. Yeah, anyway. There's no way to police it. No way to police it. And that sucks. But anyway. I... This is this is from worst to first. Quick recap. So I had Memphis fifteenth, Phoenix fourteenth, Dallas thirteenth, the Timberwolves twelve, Oklahoma City eleventh, the Spurs tenth. They're not making the playoffs. Deal with it. Sacramento ninth, the Pelicans eighth, Portland seventh, Golden State Warriors sixth, Houston fifth, Utah fourth, Denver third, the Lakers second, the Clippers first, and I think all of the top seven are capable of winning the championship in certain circumstances. Yeah, that that's that's a pretty pretty valid point. I think yeah. all I think that the top ten could be relevant. Top eleven could be relevant. Yeah. Um, so you've got I'll, the Lakers first. No. No. Who have you got first? I'll go. I'll I'll count it up. I'll go fifteenth. Uh, I had Memphis. Yep. Fourteenth OKC. Thirteenth Phoenix. Twelfth Minnesota. Eleventh Dallas. Tenth Sacramento. Ninth New Orleans, eighth San Antonio, seventh Portland, sixth I have the LA Clippers, fifth I have the Denver Nuggets, fourth I have the Jazz, third I have the Golden State Warriors, second I have the Lakers, and in number one I have the Houston Rockets. Fair enough. Quick conference finals, finals, who wins? Just in a couple of sentences. Conferences? Yeah. Look, it's got to be the one beat the two. Yeah. Houston, Houston, LA, that's going to be a crazy series. Let's hope for a replay of the 86 Western Conference Finals. I don't. Hang on. Houston Norm- beat the Lakers in five. Yeah, I was going to say, normally that doesn't bode well for my team when you, you were referring to a specific. <laughs> let's not and say we did. Let's hope Let's hope uh, AD finally gets the opportunity to get a ring and, and makes it through. And in the East... We we went through it previously, didn't we? I think it's pretty much the Bucks and Philly. Yeah, one of those teams comes out they're epic, and it's an interesting final four. That said, you're right. A lot of these teams have got all sorts of potential, and it'll be interesting to see how these uh, how the standings look after the first ten, fifteen games of the season. See how they all come out of the yep. gates. And it's not far away. That first game of the season, first day of the season. Lakers at Clippers. The Staples Center will be decked out in red, white, and blue, the most successful color scheme in the history of the world. And it'll just be magnificent. The crowd and... will be all purple and gold. It'll be amazing. <laughs> it's true. I've been there for a Clippers home game, and everyone's yeah. a Lakers fan. Yeah. Or, or a fan of whatever other team is visiting, because there are no Clippers fans. Yeah, I understand. Pretty much. Pretty much. A lot of jerseys available in the shops because nobody buys them. Um, they're, going buying, they're going to be buying Kawhi shirts. Look, I think LeBron said it on Media Day very well. The biggest winner of the of the offseason is Staples Center. They're going to have the Clippers, the Lakers, and all sorts of entertainment. But you're right. Having having a real battle for Los Angeles with two real contenders makes for exciting basketball in Los Angeles. So I'm excited and looking forward to it. Hard to imagine it's anything other than 82 sellouts in the Staples Center this season. So Yeah. Yeah, definitely. LA basketball is back. 
and back in a big way. Well, that was as comprehensive as we could muster, I think. I, I think Western we, Conference. We're almost pushing the two-hour mark, I think. We're getting there. Do we dare the next time we get together through a podcast to break open the Pandora's box that is the better Laker, Kobe Bryant versus Jerry West? Well, it's just going to be however long you want to try and debate it versus me saying, <laughs> nah, I like Kobe more. Nah, I like nah. Kobe more. <laughs> They're like, yeah, but Jerry West, stats, stats, stats. I'm like, yeah, nah, nah, Kobe. I'm very, very one-eyed. We know how one-eyed I am. But, yes, at some point we should have that. We should have the debate, uh, put things in. I actually had some very interesting discussions over some adult beverages the other night, and I think it went the, the goat discussion, uh, why where Kobe rates out of the all-time greats. There was even some cricket stuff. Oh, Bradman versus Steve Smith comparisons. There was another one, but I was too—I was too uh, too far gone to remember. But it was—they were good discussions. You know, I know I hear all this stuff about Bradman, and his numbers are impressive. But he—he he doesn't have any T twenty hundreds, so you know he doesn't—he didn't play across all three formats. So, <laughs> I mean, Jesus H Christ. <laughs> so, so if Kobe. Decides to come in to play the big three. That settles the um, the Jerry West debate. I think uh, you still what you still want Kobe to come back and play with this team. No, no, the big three is in the three on three league because it's a different format of basketball. Also, Kobe's got an Oscar, but anyway, but let's does. let's not start that at the two hour mark of the podcast. This from the organization that decided that Shakespeare in Love was a better picture than Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> it's been a pleasure, Adam. It's oh, been I'd like to thank an you, event. <laughs> I'd like to thank you and everyone at home for listening or in your car or wherever you like to hear your podcasts. We'll get together, I think, sometime before the end of the calendar year and talk about the first couple of months of the season and what's happening and maybe do some gearing up for you know, the Christmas Day games and the, sort of the second quarter of the season. So, yeah, look see, forward see to how it. they're going. 20 games in, who was right, who was wrong, how much people have been watching bacon in Charlotte, how much people have been eating bacon in Charlotte, <laughs> eating bacon over watching bacon. Yeah. Anyway, one All will right. probably yeah, make you happier. <laughs> oh, God. Well, that sounds good. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been, uh, it's been fun. It's been fun. It's been comprehensive. Definitely. Until next – so thanks again, Adam, and until next time, uh, I'm Andrew Lewis. This has been It Should Go Without Saying. See you next time.